It's time for the Hammer Down Show with Jared Jesselitis. Oh, yes. And what was that beginning, middle, and end part again? Streaming online at 1017thehammer.com. All right, sounds good. Let's do this. say it's a good thing because Purdue baseball is in the top of the eighth right now and they currently own a lead against Nebraska in a must-win game uh a rain out at this point would uh you know be official so I would take it uh but it doesn't look like the rain moving in while it's going to come down here in a little bit uh depending on how fast they get through the bottom of the eighth uh I would think they can get the ninth plate even if they wait for some of this rain to blow through um, it looks like they're going to get it in. Let's see. Because I don't think the rain's really going to hit the west side for another half hour or so. And certainly not going to come down heavy probably for, like, not another 45 minutes. So I think they get that in. Look, let's just get into all of that. Uh, let's do our need-to-know news. Here's your need-to-know news. Well, first off, Purdue is in a must-win scenario because they could not hold on last night. Tied 2-2 heading into the seventh. Boilers will give up eight runs over the last three innings. They lose 10-5 that final. To make matters worse, Michigan State did beat Indiana last night. So now the Boilers have to win and get some help. Today's game was supposed to go off at 6. They got it started at 1 o'clock to avoid the evening rain. And right now it is seven to three. They were down three nothing going into the bottom of the fourth, but they come storming back here. It was a uh, what a uh, two run fourth inning, two run fifth inning, and then a three run sixth inning. Seth Jarvis uh, with the homer got the uh, got the game started off here for the Boilermakers in the scoring department. He had a totes RBI single. uh, Cascanetti had another homer as well. Couple RBI singles in the sixth inning. And uh, Albrecht scoring on a wild pitch in the sixth as well. And here's the thing. The runs in the fifth and sixth innings all came with two outs on the board. Now, last night they struggled. And 12 runners left on base twice. No, three times they had the bases loaded, and they left them all stranded. Wild stat. Uh, Purdue cashing in today with the uh, two outs. Good to see. Top of the top of the eighth inning now. No outs. Runner on first. Seven three. Purdue. We'll keep an eye on it. Football got themselves a uh, commitment. We told you that there was expecting one, but uh, finally it's announced. Ole Miss corner Markavius Brown is going to make his way to West Lafayette. He would be the second Rebel, too, in the transfer period, along with Braxton Myers. From the secondary, it's come over from Ole Miss. Uh, Brown will have two years remaining. Uh, Brown was coached uh, at Ole Miss by current Purdue corner Sam Carter. 
worked the same position down in Oxford last year. Well, I should probably get the updated stuff up here. If you just give me a second, I will. Um, Adam Shank did not get off to a good start today in the PGA Championship. The cut last time I checked was five under. He's come out and he fired off three bogeys in the first four holes. He bogeyed two, three, four. Now he's bogeyed six. So he's sitting at eight over for the tournament, four over for the day. The projected cut line is still at five. So he's three shots over that. He's got a chance. Most of the people behind him are already in the clubhouse. And a decent chunk in front of him are. So I think he's still got some room to run here. You still got like right at the five. Was it one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys at the five, uh, at the plus five who um, are still out on the course? They can tank. One, two, three, four, five, six. You got another six at plus four that can still fall down as well. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine guys still out on the course in front of him. So there is some room to move there, but we got to find some birdies for our boy Adam Shank. Uh, Sox are hosting Kansas City tonight. It's Granky versus Kopech. You know, both of these guys have a knack for giving up homers this season. Kopech sits third overall in Major League Baseball. Granky sits 14th. Granky's got a long history of the White Sox as well. 10 and 10 all time with a 3.43 ERA in 32 games. He has not taken an L in his last 10 against the White Sox. Meanwhile, Kopech started four games against the Royals, has never collected a W. I think he's actually played about 10 games, uh, but he's only started four of those. Never gotten a W in those. Last start, he didn't even record an out against the Royals. Gave up four runs in the first inning. You've got a, a Sox, the minus 130 favorite tonight. Eight mile per hour breeze going out to left center. Cubs look to snap their five-game losing streak. They've lost eight of their last ten as well. They're in Philly tonight as Stroman duels with lefty Ranger Suarez, who is uh, finally back from that injury. Uh, Cubs are fifth best against lefties this season, hitting 290 against them. Swanson Horner are hitting 300. Bellinger 294. Cubs a plus 110 road dog tonight. They're going to get a nine-mile-per-hour breeze out to left center as well this evening. North Putnam is the latest team to contribute to the shuffling of uh, high school conference allegiances. Uh, they've announced they will leave the Western Indiana Conference to join the new conference that's being formed by Crawfordsville, Northmont, Southmont, Frankfurt, and Weibo. They have not announced a name for that, but that will lift that unnamed conference to six members. Uh, that new conference will start no later than 2026, 2027, and uh, that would drop Western Indiana down to 10 teams and uh, isn't really too much in our wheelhouse and does not seem to be a conference that's going to attract any of our local teams who might still be in need. And uh, there you go. Uh, oh, one last thing. Uh, during next week's meetings in Minneapolis, uh, sports business uh, reporter Ben Fisher says that the owners are expected to award Super Bowl 60 to Levi Stadium. That game will be played February 2026 on NBC. Levi Stadium hosted Super Bowl 50. Now Super Bowl 58 will be played in Vegas this year. 59 will be played next year in New Orleans. There you go.
That would be today's Need to Know News. All right, let's get back after it. we got to get some wins here tonight. We just have to. By the way, anything that you took over except for the score last night in uh, hockey should have hit. My goodness, four overtime. Almost went to five. It's like the sixth longest game ever. I don't know if you're going to get that same kind of uh, action uh, tonight with Dallas and Vegas. You could very well. I have not done any due diligence on hockey because I just have not done any due diligence on on hockey. But we did hit our our lone prop last night, Bobrovsky. What did we say, over 31 and he had like 68 or something? That was something insane. But, you know, like that many overtimes, it's going to happen. So uh, where are we at tonight? I want to stick with your Chicago baseball tonight. You got Granky, who you know, we told you is not taking an L. He's had some no decision. He's not taking an L in his last ten against the White Sox. However, they are playing this one on the South Side, and while Granky has been great his last seventeen home starts with a two point two nine ERA uh, at home, he is terrible on the road. In eighteen road starts, a 5.82 ERA and a 7.71 ERA this season on the road in his first four road games. Kopech. Now he's going to take the mound for the White Sox. And we told you both these guys have a penchant for giving up the homers. He's already been dinged for 12, and the two guys in front of him played one and two more games than he has. Not only that, Kopech is walking him. Oh, is he giving away the free passes? He walked four in his last game. It's not good. He is very much uh, looked like the weak link in that rotation. So he walked six last game. He walked five against Minnesota. He walked four against Tampa Bay. That's three of his last five starts. He's putting them on the bases. Now, he does this and then somehow only gives up like one hit, but it ends up being like two runs and a homer. I don't know if he's going to keep limiting the damage. He's playing with fire. Kopech is forcing fastball and a slider combined for 89% of his pitch arsenal, but they're both getting demolished. And with an expected on-base average of 421 and 417. Kopech's barrel rate, 18.5, still ranks the worst in MLB. That's 12 homers and 42 innings. Sox also have the fifth best batting average over the last two weeks as well. This seems prime for you to take the over tonight. Got Granky terrible on the road. You got Kopech, and you know what you got, Kopech. Let's be honest. You got a wind blowing out tonight, which is great. Doesn't look like we're going to have to deal with any rain. Over under is set at nine. I'm on the over tonight. KC and the White Sox. I'm just hoping we can get uh, we can get some runs in that one. Come on, they've got a couple of guys. You know Tim Anderson's getting on base. You know Luis Robert Jr. is just hitting bombs left and right. So let's see what we can do. 
Over under nine. I'm on that one. How many times have they gone over that in the last couple of games, though? Seven in their last meeting, ten, and uh, now we're getting back into May. Six, 17, eight. I mean, they'll hang up. I mean, they'll put runs on the board. Let's go over to your Cubs. Over the past week, Cubs struggling at the plate in the first inning. Four hits and 23 plate appearances in the first inning. That's a 190 average. Suarez has a nice little history against this Cubs lineup. We told you what Swanson was hitting. Uh, 290. No, I'm sorry. Swanson's hitting 300 against lefties. Against Suarez, though, two for 20. Ian Happ is one for seven. Bellinger, another one of those guys, is hitting like 290-300. One for seven. Morell's only 0 for two. That's the top part of the lineup. Cubs also own the worst strikeout percentage in the league over the last week. 30% of the time over the last seven days. Not good, Bob. On the other side, you got Marcus Stroman. Clearly been the ace so far. Well, I mean, Steele's been up there. Probably Steele, but, you know, Stroman. Come on. 8-1, and one, no run first inning mark this season. That brings his no run first inning record to 29-4 and four since last year. He's been great against leadoff hitters, too. He has allowed just three hits in 24 at-bats. A 1.25 average. We're on the no-run first inning, Cubs, and Philadelphia. I like that one. And that one's pretty darn close to... um, We're about at even money on that. Which I like even more. So there we go. No-run first inning. That's down to minus 125. That's okay. We can still take it. No run first inning in the Cubs Phillies. And uh, we want to go ahead and take the over in the White Sox and the Royals. I wouldn't hate it if you don't like that nine. And I don't blame you. I'd be looking at maybe first five runs scored. And you can take advantage of both those pitchers in that case. Which is five and a half. So do you think you can get six runs by the first five innings, or would you rather go nine for the game? They're both at minus 105. I think I'd just ride out on the nine. That's just me. Especially because I've seen this White Sox bullpen kind of implode at times. And Casey's bullpen isn't exactly anything to write home. So I think I'll save myself a little bit of the room and I'll go with the nine there. Those are the plays tonight. All right, hey, we're going to take a break. Hang tight. We'll come right back. And uh, we've got plenty of the Hammer Down Show coming up for you next on... Hey, welcome back to the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. You guys are uh, sending in stuff here. 
And uh, I got a text here. It's asked me, hey, if uh, Purdue and Michigan State tie in baseball, who gets the tiebreaker? I thought when I read this that it was, and I will blame Kyle Charles for this, I, going into the series, you sweep Nebraska, and I thought you were in, you, or you win one more game than Michigan State, you were in. But Purdue does lose a straight-up tiebreaker uh, with Illinois at 12-12, and 12, would also lose a three-way tie with Illinois and Michigan State at 12-12. and 12. Okay, so that's how it, that comes in there. I didn't see that part. By the way, Purdue uh, is going to go ahead and win today 7-3. to three. So I hope that answered the question. I, the way that I understood it was they sweep and they were in, or they win one more game than Michigan State, but I think the, the Spartans do own the tiebreaker. Well, there you go. My fault, my misunderstanding, because I was uh, I was told it was a sweep and get in, or you just won one more than uh, than Michigan State, and you were good to go. But like, if you were to sweep Nebraska, that's why that's where I lost. You sweep Nebraska, cool. Michigan State were to sweep Indiana, you would still see. It just I think it's just the way that it got worded to me was kind of weird. I'm going back and reading what I got. So there you go. There, there's your explanation. Purdue needs to win, and they need two Michigan State losses to punch their ticket. So now we sit back and we wait. All right, uh, getting into something that I feel like I have a better understanding in here. Uh, your Chicago Cubs into a really scary position here right now. So you've lost, what, eight of the last ten. And you'll go into the series with Philadelphia. You get Strowman on the mound, which is good. And maybe you can start to build a little bit of momentum. But this is a team at 20 and 23. They're 11 and 7 at home. It feels like a series that you you kind of have to win. And as I talked about at the top of the show here, this is not falling on the pitching staff like I thought that it would. I mean, this was a team in the the, the Cubs. Remember, we were talking about them as being just the best hitting team in Major League Baseball. Now they're striking out 30% of the time. I mean, even with that horrendous performance over the last week, they still sit fifth overall. They're still third on on on-base percentage. But the runs aren't coming in like they used to. They're falling into the middle of the pack in that category. You're going to be coming up um, against, what, Philadelphia, who don't have a whole lot of guys with a lot of swing and miss stuff. They're just barely in the top ten right now in strikeouts. Not bad, not like, oh gosh, I'm supremely worried about it. Although I think Suarez can be dangerous tonight. I don't know who they're going to get in the finale. They, they, they do get Nola 
who is kind of on an uneven year, three and three. ERA is a little bit higher up there. And he's given up 10 runs in his last three games. So maybe you're going to catch him at the right time. But then you can turn around, you're going to host the, you're going to host the Mets, who look like a, a small dumpster fire themselves right now. Then you get to welcome in Cincinnati. Who you split the uh, you split the two games and then you had the third one postponed all the way back in April. That's a team at the you know that should be at the bottom of the league. And I guess my point here is you, you gotta you gotta start making some hay here. If you want to put yourself in a position, once we get to the end of June, where you say, hey, we could be buyers and we can make a move, you got to do it now. These are three series that you feel like you, you should have a chance to take two out of three in each of them. Because then it gets ugly after this for the Cubs, right? You get three against Tampa Bay at home. I know they cooled off a little bit, but still, very good team. And you're getting the top of their rotation, too. Then you got to hit the road. You got to do four out in San Diego. You got to do three out in LA and three out in San Francisco. You have 10 straight road games out there on the West Coast. That's not exactly a series that, that's not a trip that you go into. You're like, hey, we really got to go and take. You know, two out of three of these series are in split with San Diego. Not a good place to be. You got to get it figured out by that road trip. You got to get yourself in a decent position. Give yourself a little spot, you know, a little room for error. Come back in the middle of June. You're going to have six against the Pirates, three at home, three away, with a uh, visit from the Orioles in the middle there. Again, another spot right there where you could make some hay and make up some ground. Two against St. Louis in that international game over there in uh, in England. And then you got to come down the stretch with three against Cleveland, three against Philadelphia at home, out to Milwaukee for four, and then out to Yankee Stadium for three. They've got to figure out some of the bats here in Philadelphia. And then back at home against them. It just has to. You need two out of three there. You need two out of three against the Mets. And I would argue, maybe you need to take all three against Cincinnati. You know, that's been the problem with the Cubs in past years is when they've had a good team and they were going to uh, do some damage in the NL Central, it was the Pirates and the Reds that would stymie them. The better teams in Milwaukee and St. Louis, yeah, they did great about that. But the bottom feeders... Some reason they just stunk out loud against. You've got work to do to catch up till Milwaukee. I'm not worried about St. Louis right now. You've got a bunch of matchups against the Cardinals uh, after the uh, All Star break. That'll take care of itself. 
But you got to do something to cut into this five-game lead for Milwaukee. Now, Milwaukee's going to open up a three-game set down in Tampa. They get McClanahan tonight. They get three at home against Houston. There's another series they'll probably struggle with. Four at home against San Francisco. But then they got to go up to Toronto. That'll be tough for them. Great America ballpark, you know. Home runs fly out of there. But yeah, you look at the stretch here. What they got the Tampa Bay, Houston, and San Francisco. And you look at what you got as the Cubs with Philadelphia, New York, and Cincinnati. You got to make up some ground there. You, you just have to in this series. Because I don't think, like I said, that mid-June, if you're not on point here, then we start looking at the All-Star break. This is where we start going, who's available? What do we need? Who do you target? That's when the questions start popping up. And you definitely need to know if you are a buyer or a seller by around that time. Now, maybe the Cubs aren't sellers, but... You would like for them to be like, hey, I feel like if we added an arm, we added a bullpen, we'd be good here. That could make the difference. But you got to get the bats to come alive here. You got the talent, and uh, yeah, the strikeouts are just kind of mind boggling. Can't fire another hitting coach, can you? But you got to do something here because. Said you're going to get into June for Milwaukee, and boy, they're they're liking it. Four against Cincinnati, three against Baltimore, three against the A's, three against the Pirates. A little set in Minnesota is going to be tough for them, but you know, Arizona at home. I mean, they've got themselves a tasty little schedule here. You got to find a way to keep pace, and the best way to do that is you got to cut it down a few games here over the next three series, over the next week. You just have to. That's your best opportunity to stay within striking distance. We got a break. Hang tight. Hey, got more Hammer Down Show next. So, hey, welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. Fast Friday down at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway today. Uh, Sato with the uh, fastest lap, 234.753. Renus VK also at a 234.171. Pato Award, he was up there towards the top yesterday, 233.796. Not too far behind him, uh, Santino Ferrucci at uh, 233.758. Kyle Kirkwood. Rounds out the top five at uh, 233.608. Everybody loves Connor Daly, right? 232.987. Um, trying to f- trying to find some other guys here that we've talked to, how we've done here. Graham Rahal has not had a good week. I don't think that whole Rahal Letterman racing team has done very well. In practices, but good conditions today to get out there and uh, try turning as many laps as you can. Nobody turned in over 30 laps today. Graham Rahal was out for 28 of them. 
and he's in at 33rd today at 230.277. Our buddy Stingray Rob ain't not too great today. Better yesterday, but 231.387 is good for 27th fastest today. Elio Castroneves, you know you can never count that cat out. I'll tell you what. But I don't know. 231.855, not looking great. Another legend, Tony Kanaan at 231.988. That's down in 23rd. Man, only a couple of cars I think are left out there right now. Uh, one of them is Marcus Erickson, who's got the ninth fastest time uh, in day. He's only run seven laps. I think we just have three cars out there right now. Mostly everybody else is uh, in. Sato turned in like 11 laps, man. Went 234. Said, shut it down. We are good. About two hours left, so, you know, some of these guys can still get back out there. Like Marcus Erickson literally just got back out there. I wish there was a good theme here. I could tell you who's doing better, but... There's really like, nothing's really completely standing out except for the fact that Sato and VK have been far and above faster than everybody else today. But it is just Fast Friday. Still got another week. A lot can change here. I don't see any of the three rookies really standing out here right now. I mean, this is great news for Award, who's sitting at uh, second in the point standings right now. And that's huge for him. I, who else is on top of there, too? Because I know Award was second, but we talk about Erickson being out there, and he's fighting for a spot in there. He's up there. I, it just We're talking the, the normal guys who have, Sitting on top of the standings here are still doing good uh, as of right now. And I don't know if one team has been necessarily a whole lot better today, but I will just say this. Uh, Lungard and uh, Graham Rahal from Rahal Letterman Racing, not looking good. Oh, I forgot about... Uh, Forgot about Jack Harvey. And I didn't call out his name, so what does that tell you? 29th. Ungard's 31st. Graham Rahal, 33rd. Not looking good for Dave, man. I think we all we all love that team. But it is not turning out the best cars. Oh, and then they've got the uh, only female in the field here. 30th. So they're sitting 30, 31, 33. Oh, that's brutal. Well, they're going to have to figure out those Hondas. That's Fast Friday.
Seems like everybody at the top is pretty good. Like the top five aren't moving anywhere. Sato, VK, Award, Ferrucci, and Kirkwood. They're good. It's been a great day for them. Erickson's the guy that you're watching. He's back out there for right now. And actually, he just came in. So he turned a couple more laps. And nothing faster than what he's already had today. Rossi sitting at 12th. Daly at 13th. Ed Carpenter up here 14th. Fast Friday, baby. I'm excited. Carb day next week. Let's go. Uh, we'll take our final break, and uh, we'll wrap up a Friday here on 1017 The Hammer, 1017 The Hammer. Welcome back. Hammer Down Show wrapping up on 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. Time for some of the things that we may have missed. Uh, sad news here. This just came across the wire. Jim Brown. One of the greatest professional, one of the greatest college players of all time has died at the age of 87. Man, according to his wife, Monique, Brown's death uh, announced it on an Instagram post that he passed peacefully Thursday night in the home. Man. He ran for at least 100 yards and 58 of 118 regular season games, and he never missed a game. That's, uh, those old, (laughs) those old guys, man. Let's not forget, hell of an actor, too. Love him in the Dirty Dozen. What a, it's it's surprising just how many movies that he was in. He's got 58 actor credits. Can you believe? I would not have thought 58 actor credits, but he does. Shows up at any given Sunday. He got game. What else? The I think there's a couple other. There's got to be a couple other sports movies. Oh, remember him in The Running Man? Well, he was Fireball in The Running Man. That's right. Number of TV series that he pops up in. Yeah, still love him in the Dirty Dozen, though. That's uh. That's tough right there. Jim Brown passing away uh, at the age of 87. Uh, Brett McMurphy has tweeted this out. I did not see this in USA Today because, you know, I get the paper every day and I sit down and read it. Um, The total amount distributed to each of the Power Five conferences per school for 2021-2022. So we're a year behind, but it's out. Coming in fifth is the Pac-12 at $37 ACC schools got anywhere from 37.9 to 41 million. Big 12 got between 42 and 44.9 million. The SEC with 49.9 million per school. And the Big 10 on the top, 58.8 million per school. Wow. So for those of you that wondered why in the world UCLA and USC 
would even think about joining the Big Ten. Oh, it's going to cost so much more to travel. Uh, we're talking $21 million more. That's on the old deal. Another $21 million, which, what's that come out to? Like 60% of, I don't know, I can't do math. But if you're making 37 and we're talking 21 more million dollars, that's a pretty darn decent chunk. And if you're making 37, 39 million dollars in the ACC and you're looking at another 10 million SEC payday, or almost another 20 million in the Big Ten, of course you're calling the lawyers to try to get out of that deal. And with the new deals, they're making even more money. Staggering amount into the coffers. But with this, there's going to be another, every time we drop this, there will be a renewed call that the student-athletes want more money. They want this money uh, that they help put on the television sets. $58.8 $58.8 million per Big Ten school. It's insane. One last check-in with our buddy Adam Shank at the uh, PGA Championship. He does have a birdie now in the back nine. Uh, through 11, he is at three over on the day. He just birdied 11. He just has those four bogeys that we talked about at the beginning of the show. Bogeyed uh, for the first six holes. He's kind of leveled out here a little bit. And that plus five projected cut right now is still within reach. He's going to have to find a couple more birdies. And I don't know if there's any from 12, because he's on 12 right now. I don't know if there's anything from 12 on the way. He birdied 14 yesterday, and then he parred the rest. But he also bogeyed 12 yesterday and birdied it today. So let's see if he can make a run here. He make another cut uh, for another major. That would be a big step for him. You'd love to see it. Keep our fingers crossed that uh, he could stay out there in Oak Hill for another couple of rounds. That does it for us today on the Hammer Down Show. Next week, great guests line up, including uh, IndyCar driver Connor Daly is going to be with us. So that'll be really nice. I love that. And uh, Monday, we're going to be back. Will it be the end of the athletic season, essentially, for Purdue? Well, we got some track and field folks that are qualifying for NCAAs, but is baseball going to be done, or will they make the Big Ten Tournament. We'll see what happens if they do make the tournament. Uh, hopefully we'll uh, be able to get you on somebody to talk a little bit about Boilermaker Baseball with us uh, next week. We'll see what happens. Best of luck to them. Uh, Got to get some help. To at least give us some help today so we go into Saturday's game with that glimmer of hope. Let's do it. We'll see you back here again on Monday on the Hammer Down Show. 101.7 The Hammer, 101.7.